Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. Hey, welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. We are just trucking along through this year and through season four here on the show. I know, season four. I know. Sometimes it's kind of fun to say season four. It's been a great season so far and so much more to come. If you've just started listening to us, we want to let you know we do have because we're on season four, three other seasons uh, before this uh, that we want you to go back and listen to at any time. There's a lot of great interviews with different families, specialists, all those great things. Um, Some really great guests over the years. We really, we really, really do. And we've talked to so many great families and heard encouraging stories. And not to mention, I've learned so much, um, even though I'm in this world with the guests, like the psychologists and the nurses and the social workers, and so many more that are in the pediatric cancer field. So it's definitely worth it to go back and listen listen to all the earlier episodes. But just not right this second. Right. Not, not now. <laughs> Definitely go back, not right this second. Before that, we want you to listen to today's episode, and it's going to be a great conversation. We sit down with Yolanda and Matt Gamble. The Gamels live in Sharpsburg, Georgia, where Matt is a mechanic and parts specialist, and Yolanda is a server. They've got five children. So Antonio is 17, Danny is 15, Eli is 14, Ryan 11, and then they have eight-year-old Jace. So Danny, their 15-year-old daughter, just wrapped up two and a half years of treatment for ALL. And in fact, not just too long ago, she had her first off-treatment appointment, and everything is looking great, which is great news. And as parents of five children, Matt and Yolanda, they probably have a lot of experience in dealing with that many kids going through this season (laughs) that we're going to have a lot to learn from them. So let's join in on the conversation. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We're really excited to have you guys joining us. Um, for our listeners that don't know a lot about just your backstory, um, give us a little bit of, of info. Take us back on how old was everyone back when something first went wrong uh, before you got the diagnosis and, and understood what was happening? Um, so um, Danny was the one that got diagnosed and um, she was 13. And it was August of 2019, actually August 1st of 2019. Um, all of our kids, well, I got to think for a minute because that's a couple of years ago. Uh, I'll help you out. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> that's good teamwork. Um, teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Dan, um, Jace, our youngest, he was six at the time. And then we had um, an eight year old. Ryan was eight and Eli was 12 and Danny was 13 and then Antonio was 15. And how did you first know that something was wrong? What were the signs for you? She didn't feel good. And honestly, like she'll tell you it was during summer break right before school started. So I just thought that she didn't want to start school. (laughs) It was her eighth grade year. So I was like, she was just really tired. She laid down a lot and um, she, she didn't want to do anything. She literally couldn't walk to the bathroom. She was just did not feel good. And I was like, I'm going to take you to the doctor. Cause you better not be faking it. <laughs> um, so I, I made her an appointment uh, and sh- the doctor, it was 
uh, not our regular doctor because she was on vacation. So we saw a new doctor and it was literally her first day at the pediatric office. And she thought she had mono. She had diagnosed her with mono. And I thought that Danny's color wasn't right. So I was like, is there any way you could do blood work? And she's like, well, mono, there's really no uh, medicine or anything I can give her that, you know, she'll be fatigued. It could be months that she'll feel fatigued. And I said, yeah, but her color's not right. Is there any way you'll just test her? Because I think maybe she needs some vitamin supplement or something like that. And she said, well, we normally don't do that, but we can send you to labs and do blood work. And so they drew her blood work. And the next day I was cooking dinner and I was like, 508 and I was like the doctor's office is closed so I had answered the phone and she said um, that they had a team of doctors waiting for us at Eggleston in Atlanta if we could get there right away and our world was turned upside down yeah that's a lot that's it's amazing you remember that 508 to get that call um and then the reality is, is is the day before thinking about it and going through all that thought process, whether that's not bad parenting, right? To think she's a teenager, she's yeah. lazy, she doesn't want to go to school. Yep. It's like all those things I hear, I'm like, yep, my kid, my yeah, kid, my kid. Yeah, that's that's normal. And I've gone through the mono thing twice and it's, and I, yeah, okay, mono, that makes sense. That sounds about like it, but great job pushing to get the blood work um, because that's, that's not what everybody's always going to think. They're going to think, oh, yeah, mono, that totally makes sense. That's, you know, that, that, or those are all the same symptoms. Right. I just knew, I was like, her color's <clears throat> not right. Her color's not right. Like, I, I just want to make sure she didn't need any vitamins or, you know, I thought her arm was low, honestly, because she's had that happen in the, in the past as a little kid. And I was like, so maybe she needs some arm to give her energy and make her color come back. Because yeah. she was, was gray. Hmm. Literally, when we, she had six blood transfusions and three platelet transfusions with the within like three days, three or four days. Wow. Oh wow! So you get there. You've just in the middle of dinner gotten this call. You get there. What are they telling you about her diagnosis and the prognosis, and how is that all sinking in? I knew right. My mom had been diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016, which I was a very big part of being at the hospital and just hearing about numbers and labs and um, spent a lot of time with her. So I knew when they started talking about her blood counts being off, I, I knew that it was not good. Anytime they call you and they got a team of doctors, it was scary. And I felt like a bad dream. All I can remember saying is like, are you sure? Are you sure? I must have said it like, I don't know, 25 times until someone, like he just grabbed me and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It was hard to believe. So you have older kids, which is interesting because a lot of the people we talked to and my kids were younger, but you had, you know, your kids were old enough, almost all of them to understand. And Danny herself was an older kid that knew, you know, what the word cancer means and stuff. So how did they all kind of process it differently? And how did you kind of walk them through that? Danny, they had pulled us out of the room to tell us about Danny's diagnosis. And when we came back in, I didn't have to say anything to her. She said, I have cancer. And I, you know, 
I, I said, yeah, you do. I said, but we are going to overcome it because we've already seen miracles happen. We know that they, they thought my mom was going to pass away. She was in ICU for a month. So we've seen miracles before. And I told Danny, we're going to overcome it. So she knew, um, Jace was so little. I don't know how well he processed it. You know, he, I, I think for him, it was more of why can't my mom come back right now? What, what's going on to it's pulling mom away? Like yeah. he, he didn't understand the actual gist of like the cancer diagnosis, but he knew there was something that was keeping us away. Uh, we had to have family, family members come and just start taking taking care of the other kids. I called my job. They were like, don't worry about coming in, do what you have to do. And we stayed there. I know at least seven to eight days right off the bat. Right. Um, Ryan, he kind of is like, Oh, she's got cancer. Is she going to die? Like, you know, he's, um, he's our ADHD, no filter. So, you know, he's just going to be like, is she going to die? Eli, he kind of kept everything inside. Um, he think, didn't speak much on it. I think the older two boys just kind of bobbled it up because they were, you know, Eli was supposed to be a teenager and Antonio was coming into driving and getting his license. So he had a lot going on for himself too. I think he did kind of, break down Antonio. Yeah. He was the oldest. He was trying to be strong. And one day he came home from school and he's like, I can't go to band. And I said, why? He just he broke it. down. You know, he was really worried about his little sister. So Antonio and Danny, they got the same dad. So they're pretty close. They're the closest. He's the closest to Danny. So I think he did have a rough time with it. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, man, it's just tough for teenagers to have to have to, to be able to think through how to process that. Um, how did you guys handle this? How did you guys divide and conquer? How did you to figure out how to manage through this? You have a big family. That's that's not easy. And the ages were, were you know pretty far separated. And it sounds like Antonio wasn't quite there ready to drive yet. So you didn't have that third driver. So it's it's a lot of you guys. Like how did y'all adapt and and make this make this work? Well for me it was a lot of she basically had to quit her job. I mean, it was just, there was no way that Danny, cause she was going to the hospital so often and it, it was no point in her trying to just go to work in between doctor's visits because Danny couldn't even leave the couch. Like it was, she had to be cared for nonstop in the beginning. So the difference was I was, I was eventually able to go back to work. Now my job was lenient enough to where if I said, Hey, guess what? I'm not coming in. I've got stuff to do. They were like, Hey, you just do what you need to do until it's handled. I still couldn't take a leave of absence. I still had to go to work. Um, so it was mainly her going to the hospital with Danny for most of her visits. Um, now, anytime there was like an admission where they were spending the night, I would try to go with her, you know, to support her and do what I can. Luckily, we have a lot of family that helps us out. Like, My sister was, um, yeah. she was a big part in it. Like she, she's the one that helped us get because he would leave before the kids would go to school and I'd be at the hospital with Danny. So she'd stay here and make sure the kids got up for school. And my sister helped us out a lot. That's awesome. That's so much to manage with not only a big family, but like older kids, you know, that understand what's going on and they feel that you're their loss of having their mom and dad around. Um, but I'm glad you had, I'm glad I remember you talking about your sister when we spoke before. So that is always helpful. So Let's talk about Danny a little bit because she was older um, and I had a son go through treatment and it's a very different experience than a girl. What kind of things did she particularly struggle with? Losing our hair. Yeah. 
that she will tell you that is that what if you ask her she would tell you that was the hardest part of her journey is losing her hair yeah. being a 13 year old teenage girl and then having to deal with no hair at all like that was her biggest issue like from the very beginning that was her biggest fear she was like am i gonna lose all my hair how'd she work through that what was the process for her and how did you guys coach her through that um well she actually lost her hair twice um the first time um yolanda suggested wigs and hats and let's try this let's try that she tried and she was like i can't do it it's just it's, it's not me i'm not a wig i'm not a hat person like i just can't do it so I think we kind of held on to it as long as we could until to the point where it was like, you, you ready? And she's like, I'm ready. Let's just take it off. So we went ahead and did the initiative and we shaved her head for her. She didn't want to at first. She, um, you know, she did cut it short. We kind of like lost it in stages and I, I knew she didn't want to, to lose it. And um, one day she was sitting at the dinner table because I had already suggested just shaving it off. And she's like, no, I'm going to see if it, I'm going to see if it falls out. And I was like, we, we got to face it. It's, it's falling out. But she, she didn't want to. And one day she was sitting at dinner and she couldn't even eat her food because she was just wrapped up in her hair. I kind of, I felt like it made her free and we kind of conquered it from, and then from there we could focus more about treatment yeah. and getting over it. That's such a big deal for your right for that age um, of a girl going through that season. And that's just, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, but it sounds like you guys just really worked with her and coached her well through that. So um, well done parents. Are there other things that, you know, you got, you said, then you could focus on treatment. So what was like the next thing that she had to kind of handle? She had, we had one phase she has to do shots. She had to get shots. Um, you know, and it's just making her tired and she's wore out a lot. Um, and all while treatment, she still had to do schoolwork. Like we still had to look forward to the future because, you know, you don't want to be left behind, especially when you are in eighth grade and go to high school. Like we still got to do these things. We will, I understand that it's your hair. Um, you know, I, cut off all my hair. I did whatever I could to make her feel comfortable. Um, but we still, we got to focus on doing good in school so we can make it to high school next year. That has to be so hard to be, I mean, my child was way younger. Like we weren't super worried about kindergarten, to be honest, you know, like he's, he's in kindergarten, it'll be fine. But to have to focus a kid that is going through treatment and kind of do that whole, we got to go for the future thing. I, that I can't imagine how stressful that is. And I think it's so cool that that's what you were focused on though, as a mm -hmm. mom, I think that's a really great, because that is giving hope like, nope, we're going to, we're going to go because something good's going to happen. That's right. I couldn't treat her like she was dying because she wasn't dying. We were going to get through this. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. How, um, how about with you guys specifically? How how did this impact and affect your relationship, your marriage? <laughs> I feel like sometimes there was a little bit of, you know, jealousy because Danny was on, like everything was on back burner. Danny was my number, was how it had to be. And sometimes I felt like, he didn't feel included or he felt like we were 
bonding so much that, you know, we were losing that bond because I was gone at the hospital a lot. And me and Danny just got really close. Yeah. And also it was not all the time, but there would be times where, you know, I get up, I, I have to be at work at 545 in the morning. So I, I get up at five to go to work. So, and I get off at, <clears throat> I get off at four o'clock. And I would still have to come home and do, you know, everything that she does for us now, you know, check the homework, do the, the dinner, dinner, laundry, showers. And it, I mean, hey, I praise, I praise her for doing it because it's, it's hard. It really is. It really is hard to, to hold a household together like that. So to do it, it, it was really stressful. And, you know, and, and being married, you you don't realize it, but sometimes you take it out on each other, not in a bad way, but you just have to decompress and like get it out. You just have to, to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. And you just have to be open about it and let each other know what's going on or it's going to get bad. But yeah. now we feel like we're stronger and, and we're now at the other side of it. Yeah. So I just have a deeper connection and love for, for Matt. I'd love to hear that. So speaking of being on the other side, um, one of the things you guys get to do is like help other parents that are not on the other side yet that are where you used to be. So what what would you tell them, a new family that is also trying to manage work and kids and a cancer diagnosis? What would you tell, what advice would you give to them? Take it day by day and give yourself some grace, you know, that you're going to get through this. As It might sound like cliche, but it's it's gonna pass. You have good days and your bad days, but you always look for something good. Yeah, and I would say, you know, stay strong and keep your lines of communication open with your partner so you know what's going on all the time. Because it, it was hard for us because right after she got diagnosed, everything shut down because of COVID. So I had no choice. I couldn't go back. I was stuck here. I couldn't, couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. I knew because we, we talked about it, we would just have to FaceTime or, you know, talked on the phone a lot to figure out what's going on. So just keep the lines of communication open, have each other's back and just encourage the, the patient that's going through it, that it's going to be okay. That, you know, you, you keep fighting and you have the support of everybody around you and that you can do it and you're stronger than you think you are. That's the number one. You are stronger than you think you are. Love that. Yeah, that's great. We have a phrase in our house um, that we use it um, that says, hey, you can do hard things, right? You can do hard things, and it's because you're stronger than you think you are. Um, when you look back for you guys, um, you know, going through such a hard season and, and battling through a lot of this, what did you lean on that got you through it? What was it that, hey, this it's because of this um, that we made it through this as a, as a family? I would say actually leaning on each other and our family are, you know, are with everybody helping us out. Like we, we had to lean on each other and we had to come together and we had to have each other's back or else it wouldn't have happened. But, you know, it just, it couldn't be done by one person. It couldn't be done by two people with us having our family. It, it took, it took a mountain of people to get through this. It really did. Yeah, I feel like you've got a choice, right, when when you are hit with something like this. It's either going to bring us closer together or it's going to push us farther apart. And you guys made a – I just love the choice you made to say, hey, we're going to get through this and we're going to lean on each other through it. Hey, guys, thank you so much for sharing your story and, uh, and just uh, allowing our listeners – to join in and, and learn from you guys. I think it's going to be something that is just going to help encourage them and help them feel like, hey, we're not 
we're not alone. There's going to be some listeners out there that are at the beginning of their journey, and uh, and hearing your story is going to help them uh, to get through this. So thank you guys so much for joining us and for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Chrissy, those are just some wise, wise words and thoughts from some parents that just have a bunch of experience within the whole childhood cancer journey and now even in the off-treatment side of things. Um, So just so good. And just a quick note. We can now say, yes, please go listen. Yes, now you can go back and to listen, listen to the previous three to episodes. The previous three or episodes. three seasons. Seasons of episodes. <laughs> and if you have a story that you would like to tell, or you know someone going through childhood cancer who might consider being our guest, which is a super fun experience, or even if you have a topic that we haven't covered yet that you'd love for us to delve into on the podcast, please send us an email. Um, we have our own email, podcast at lighthousefamilyretreat.org. We would really love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today and we will see you next time.